Hello all and welcome to a bit of a new spin on our podcast. Uh, we're going to do a bit of a and a so thank you very much to the questions that were sent through um, and the people that took the time to send them through. But what we're also going to touch on today is, I guess, what the exciting future holds for Kofkin Bond um, and some of the amazing events that we have coming up. So we'll start with the questions and Tony, I think you'll be well behaved during these. So I'll, I'll fire off the first one, I guess, after last week's budget. They, um, one of our listeners said, haven't heard anything from you about the budget yet. What are your thoughts? I thought it was a very safe budget, which is probably why you haven't heard anything from yeah. me. So it's, uh, um, I don't think, I think the budget was set up for the upcoming election. Um, it was, you know, it couldn't have picked a more perfect time to go into surplus uh, for the Liberal Party. Um, but I thought it was an extremely safe budget, to say the least. There's some great things in it, don't get me wrong. They're, simplif- they're simplifying superannuation. There really hasn't been much done there. Uh, there's no new taxes coming in. They are reducing taxes, uh, helping small business, doing a you know a rebate for people who received any Centrelink benefits or DVA uh, benefits So for energy. So getting a rebate on energy. So, so from that uh, perspective, there's certainly no new taxes. But I think one of the biggest things in there, so which will impact the economy, is the hundred billion dollar infrastructure spend announcement over the next ten years. Now, I don't necessarily agree with spending two billion dollars on a new fast train when you can go and get a pod from Geelong to Melbourne in four minutes and maybe spend $15 billion on that with private enterprise. But, hey, you've got to think of the, what's happening in the next three years for an election, not what's going to happen in the next 20 years in a state. So, But in saying that, I think it was well-meaning. I think the tax cuts are uh, generous and affordable. And I think it's going to, if it gets implemented, I think it will certainly help the economy over the next 30 years, which is what we should all be thinking of, not just thinking of the next three years for an election. Well, that was good. You, you kept it as low political as possible. Um, so I was... It, I, was it I kept pinching myself, yeah, Jamie, I was, so I was, I was trying worried, not to get political. I was worried coming into that question, but I think we got through that fairly well. So uh, this is one I actually get asked personally a lot by my friends. Um, you talked about tax planning in the last podcast. Um, we did. Do you do accounting? No, <laughs> so it's, uh, no offence to all my accounting friends and clients out there, but I just find accounting so boring. Yeah. Um, the the uh, I mean, I find doing my own account, my own tax work, so boring. I mean, as a financial planner, um, we are registered with the Tax Practitioners Board, but we don't do tax returns. But we obviously have to understand the tax consequences of any recommendations we make. So whether that's you know, making a concessional or non-concessional contribution to super is whether you get to claim a tax. That is making a concessional contribution if you've got no taxable income to write it off against. As an example, you can make it as a non-concessional and not lose 15% contributions tax. So, you know, the I think in the last one we mentioned one of our clients in the intergenerational wealth transfer and saving that estate, you know, a large amount of money. So... I will not sit down and do a tax return. Uh, we don't do tax returns in here, but that's why we work with brilliant accountants and brilliant lawyers yeah. uh, to help all of our clients in everything we do. But 
we do have to understand the tax consequences of every recommendation we make, whether it be strategy, investments, insurance, insurance ownership, structures, etc. Yeah, I think that's a conscious decision of ours that we have in here, that we do work with very good accountants Brilliant in that accountants. space. Um, yeah. And we are pretty picky on who we use. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. There's been a number that we've walked away from. Yeah, um, so that's something that we, we take great pride in here. This one, I reckon this comes from someone inside Coffin Bond, but... Um, <laughs> Is there a housing bubble? Yeah, JR from North Fitzroy. No, this is W. Lloyd. This is Will on this one. From Wagga Wagga. Okay, so it's, uh, is there a housing bubble? It depends what newspaper you're reading, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. it's, uh, I mean, yeah, so it's, um, I mean, my, to, to say housing prices around the country are down or housing prices in Sydney are down or there's there's some areas that are up there's some areas that are down and it all comes down to what's being sold but you know you you only have to be concerned about a housing bubble popping if you've got debt up to your eyeballs and you're going into negative equity I mean if you're going to go and buy an investment property for 100 percent debt and hardly have any equity in your existing residential property well, you know, that that's a recipe for future disaster. Yeah. You know, so it's um, all it takes is, you know, 1% interest rate rise over the space of a couple of years, and that can affect you dramatically. So what I probably see, Jamie, is that there's properties on the outer suburbs uh, that might be $1.5 million big McMansions, we you know, with a tennis court and swimming pool, uh, but you've got $1.3 million worth of debt in it, the cars are financed, the kids are going to private schools, and you're paying school fees off on your credit cards that's you don't need a housing bubble to pop uh for that to be living on on the skirt slight, so it's like interest rise there is going to yeah, really hurt. Uh, <laughs> it hurts you know once again one percent interest rate rise and a million dollar debt is ten thousand dollars of after-tax money that you don't have because you had to pay the school fees on the credit card anyway yeah you know so i think though that's 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 a concern that i have that people are over leveraged um but in saying that as well the inner city fringe, that seven kilometre fringe, um, especially as Melbourne uh, and Brisbane um, and Sydney uh, do are hit with um, realistically new employment, which is about services. Um, and all those services, the big chunk of those services employment are in the city. So that seven kilometre ring around the city. So if we're talking Melbourne as an example, you're looking at your Collingwood, your South Melbourne, your Albert Parks, uh, you know, those areas haven't been cheap historically. Well, Collingwood was once upon a once time. Upon a time yeah. um, you know, your Carlton's, etc. And they're the areas that you're going to see just massive boom, massive infrastructure. But you're not, you're not your quarter acre blocks. No. Your, your two bedroom apartment living in North Fitzroy with beautiful floorboards, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess that actually leads us into our next topic and talking about what's coming up for Kafka and Bond and some exciting things you've actually got one of your friends speaking in our next conversation series so we're hoping to have that booked in May um, and hoping to get that out to our clients or any listeners that that are interested please shoot us a message um, because we'd love you to come along but do you want to do you want to talk about you know what we're doing at that conversation series yeah, so we'll have Sanders coming along as a guest speaker. He's He basically developed Melbourne 4.0, so looking at where Melbourne is going to be in the year 2030. And in that, we're obviously going to touch on 
you have things like our population growth, our infrastructure, how, how are we going to cope with the population growth? Yeah, I think you, uh, you mentioned the other day 120,000 people moving to Melbourne per year. That's right. So it's net. Yeah. So it's um, so based on that, you know, and as I said, all these services uh, jobs are now in town, um, etc. So you're going to have, um, you know, Melbourne. If if you can think of Melbourne ten years ago, um, I can kind of vaguely remember it twenty years ago now, and it's a vastly different city. It's a different feel. It's a different look. It's, you know, and same, you know, when you go to New York, you know, you'd only been there the once, but I noticed the differences eh, over 20 years. It's just been astronomical as per it grows. And I think that's the same here. So getting Australia ready, getting Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane ready uh, for the 4.0 or over the next uh, decade, I think is imperative. But in doing that, being able to make wise investment decisions off the back of that is also really important as well. So whether that be investment properties, whether that be you know growth in certain sectors in the share market, understanding where the economy is going and where the country is going and where the growth is going, realistically underpins all those investment decisions that have to be made as well. Yeah, so you touched on uh, New York there. So that leads me into my next segment and probably the final thing which we'll wrap up on. Um, something that's really exciting and it's been in the works for a while and we've sort of talked to a few clients on it and, and the interest gauge has been fantastic. But, you know, we, we want to get away and do a study tour in Chicago, end of quarter three, start of quarter four. Uh, do you want to give some more details on that? We haven't released anything yet as per se, but... You know, we're, we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, it's it's, it's been a long one in the making, uh, but we're partnering with some magnificent organisations whose headquarters are in Chicago. And hopefully, if it all comes off, which we're positive it will, uh, we'll have the ability to for 20 to 30 clients to come over for a... Uh, basically three days of working of understanding the globe basically so global technology lead leadership entrepreneurship so actually having a full-on study tour to see and realistically the US is two decades ahead of us yeah. in regards to a lot of these areas and seeing the technology and what they build and the infrastructure and and in and how that once again reverts back to world economies and world markets moving forward so you know one of our clients I think he's 64 he's definitely he's he's a retired CEO of a listed company but he said he's definitely coming to that um, so you know if you're self-employed it's a good tax deductible trip but at the same time it's you know five days or three days of intense learning we've got the fees down dramatically yeah, uh, through sponsorships yeah. um, and you know hopefully we'll be spending time there with uh, 20 to 30 magnificent clients spending five days together in an absolutely beautiful city being Chicago you it's a bit cold when we were there but it was a bit cold but I can tell you from the last trip that I tested out a few bars so if any um, <laughs> any of our clients want to come along and enjoy a beer I'm more than happy to show them around there does <laughs> I mean you're coming yeah I dropped that in there I dropped that in the podcast okay, now so and it sort of locks me in okay okay so it's uh <laughs> might have to tell other people they're not coming James yeah. Coming. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. Um, so the other, the other thing is, we're hoping for our next podcast to have some of our amazing clients as well join us. So again, shoot your questions through. Um, there shouldn't be much questions from this, but we're, we're happy to hear a few more. Yeah. But um, hopefully, you're hearing from one of our clients next week and not me. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> thank Thanks, you. Guys.